Chapter 33 of Science in Short Chapters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wayne Cook. Science in Short Chapters by W. Matthew Williams. Chapter 33 the oleogenous products of thames mud where they come from and where they go once upon a time and not a very long time since a french chemist left the land of super-excellence and crossed to the shores of foggy albion he proceeded to yorkshire his object being to make his fortune he was so presumptuous as to believe that he might do this by picking up something which Yorkshiremen threw away. That something was soap-suds. His chemistry taught him that soap is a compound of fat and alkali, and that if a stronger acid than that belonging to the fat is added to soap-suds, the stronger acid will combine with the alkali and release the fat, the which fat, thus liberated, will float upon the surface of the liquid, and may then be easily skimmed off, melted together, and sold at a handsome profit. But why leave the beautiful France, and desolate himself in dreary Yorkshire merely to do this? His reason was that the cloth-workers of Yorkshire use tons and tons of soap for scouring their materials, and throw away millions of gallons of soap-suds. Besides this, there are manufactories of sulfuric acid near at hand, and a large demand for machinery grease just thereabouts. He accordingly bought iron tanks, and erected works in the midst of the busiest center of the woolen manufacture. But he did not make his fortune all at once. On the contrary, he failed to pay expenses. For in his calculations he had omitted to allow for the fact that the soap liquor is much diluted, and therefore he must carry much water in order to obtain a little fat. This cost of carriage ruined his enterprise, and his works were offered for sale. The purchaser was a shrewd Yorkshireman, who then was a dealer in second-hand boilers, tanks, and other ironwares. When he was about to demolish the works, the Frenchman took him into confidence, and told the story of his failure. The Yorkshireman said little, but thought much, and having finally assured himself that the carriage was the only difficulty he concluded, after the manner of Mohammed, that if the mountain would not come to him, he might go to the mountain, and then made an offer of partnership on the basis that the Frenchman should do the chemistry of the work, and that he, the Yorkshireman, should do the rest. Accordingly, he went to the works around and offered a contract for the purchase of all their soapstuds, if they would allow him to put up a tank or two on their premises. This he did. The acid was added. The fat rose to the surface, was skimmed off, and carried, without the water, to the central works, where it was melted down and, with very little preparation, was converted into cold-neck grease and hot-neck grease, and used, besides, for other lubricating purposes. The Frenchman's science and skill, united with the Yorkshireman's practical sagacity, build up a flourishing business and the grease thus made is still in great demand, and high repute for lubricating the rolling mills of ironworks and for many other kinds of machinery. 
my readers need not be told that there are soapsuds in london as well as in yorkshire and they also know that the london soapsuds pass down the drains into the sewers i may tell them that besides this there are many kinds of acids also passed into london sewers and that others are generated by the decompositions there abounding these acids do the frenchman's work upon the london soapsuds but the separated fat instead of rising slowly and undisturbed to form a film upon the surface of the water is rolled and tumbled amongst its multifarious companion filth and it sticks to whatever it may find congenial to itself hairs rags wool ravelings of cotton and fibers of all kind are especially fraternal to such films of fat they lick it up and stick it about and amid themselves and as they and the fat roll and tumble along the sewers together they become compounded and shaped into unsavory balls that are finally deposited on the banks of the thames and quietly repose in its hospitable mud but there is no peace even there and the gentle rest of the fat nodules is of short duration the mudlarks are down upon them in spite of all their burrowing they are gathered up and melted down the filthiest of their associated filth is thus removed and then with a very little further preparation they appear as cakes of dark-colored hard fat very well suited for lubricating machinery and indifferently fit for again becoming soap and once more repeating their former adventures those gentlemen of the british press whose brilliant imagination supplies the public with their intercessional harvests of sensational adulteration panics have obtained a fertile source of paragraphs by cooperating with the mudlarks in the manufacture of butter from thames mud the origin of these stories is traceable to certain officers of the thames police who having on board some of these gentlemen of the press engaged in hunting up information respecting a body found in the river supplied their guests with a little supplementary chaff by showing them a mudlark's gatherings and telling them that it was raw material from which fine dorset is produced a communication from our special correspondent on the manufacture of butter from thames mud accordingly appeared in the atrocity column on the following morning and presently went the round of the papers although it is perfectly possible by the aid of modern chemical skill to refine even such filth as this and to churn it into a close resemblance to butter the cost of doing so would exceed the highest price obtainable for the finest butter that comes to the london market a skilful chemist can convert all the cotton fibers that are associated with the sewage fat into pure sugar or sugar candy but the manufacture of sweetmeats from thames mud would not pay any better than the production of butter from the same source and for the same reason mutton suet chop parings and other clean wholesome fat can be bought wholesale for less than fivepence per pound it would cost above three times as much as this to bring the fat nodules of the thames mud to as near an approach to butter as is this sort of fat therefore the thames mud butter material would be three times as costly as that obtainable from the butcher while the supply of mutton suet is so far in excess of the butter making demand 
the tons of it are annually used in the north for lubricating machinery, we need not fear that anything less objectionable, that is, more costly to purify, will be used as a butter substitute. End of chapter 33